Library Association. I am Michelle Arbuckle, Director of Education and Member Engagement at OLA, and today I am thrilled to be welcoming author Natasha Dean. Natasha is published in a variety of genres, from creative nonfiction through to YA and adult, and is an author with Orca Books, the Wild Rose Press, Summit Studios, and Great Plains Publications. Guardian was nominated for a 2014 Sunburst Award and listed as a CCBC Best Pick for Kids and Teens. Sleight of Hand was also a CCBC Best Pick for Kids and Teens, and in 2013, she was the first regional writer-in-residence for the Metro Edmonton Library Federation, serving Edmonton, Sherwood Park, St. Albert, and Fort Saskatchewan. In 2020, In the Key of Niragani was nominated for the Red Maple Award in the Forest of Reading and was placed for an honor book. So today, I'm happy to welcome Natasha Dean. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to hang out with everyone. This is wonderful. I'm thrilled to talk with you today. So this podcast is coming out today, Wednesday, February 17th, which is I Read Canadian Day. And you, it's so exciting. So, in, cue applause. <laughs> Uh, you are one of the many team members helping to promote I Read Canadian Day. So I'm hoping before we get started with your list, you can tell us a little bit more about what is this day? What are the goals? How can we take part? All of the things we need to know. Well, the grown-up version of this is that I Read Canadian Day is about raising awareness of Canadian books and Canadian authors and, you know, um, celebrating Canadian literature. The less grown-up version is that it is this amazing, wonderful story party that takes place all across the country. And what we ask is that on today, Wednesday, February 17th, that um, you read to someone for 15 minutes. And the book that you choose to read is a Canadian book by a Canadian author or a Canadian resident. Uh, and it's just... You know, it's just about celebrating books and stories and how um, these things all connect us. And yeah, I'm, I'm so proud and honored to be one of the many, many team members. Uh, and it's very, very cool as an author because what it gives us a chance to do is meet booksellers and librarians and other authors that we may not be able to connect with, especially right now when we're all kind of, you know, locked at home. Um, so it's just it's just a lovely, lovely uh, event and and party, right? Like bring your cupcakes and glitter and just spring them where they may, right? <laughs> um, that sounds wonderful. Who are the other? Are there any other authors that we should know about that's participating in the day? Well, uh, credit to Eric Walters because he's the one who came up with the idea last year. This year is our second celebration, um, and it's it's being what's the word, boosted and supported by organizations like the OLA, the CCBC, and Canscape, and then also like, you know, everyday regular folks who are just donating to this. And in terms of the authors, like, wow, there are, there are so many authors, and um, I wouldn't even know where to start in terms of kind of naming all of the yeah. people. Uh, 
Paul Kochi has been really incredible in, in all the cool graphics um, and videos that you've seen with covers with masks going over the covers. That's, that's Paul's genius. Wow. And, um, you know, February 13th, uh, Marty Chan was hosting a live stream event with, you know, author interviews and illustrator panels. And there was illustrators who were uh, drawing pictures as they were doing their, their, their panel discussion. So, you know, Karen Spafford Fitz was like one of the people in Alberta that was helping out. I mean, there's just, there's so many people doing so many things and giving of their time and their energy uh, and their money and all of it to just sort of make this happen because we just, we believe in Canadian literature and we believe in, in supporting Canadian literature so that, you know, tomorrow's generation, the kids who are coming up, have a really like beautiful, rich, vibrant garden that they can grow their own writing and illustrative talents from. That's great. And so people that are participating in this at home, is there social media that they should be contributing to? Or is this just kind of a, a, a do it and feel good about it kind of thing? Oh, if you want to go on social media, it will, uh, we're going to have hashtag I read Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the handles for at I read Canadian. Uh, you know, the CCBC, Canscape, um, all the different authors. So look for people like Kate Borman and Tom Ryan and Heather T. Smith. And, you know, folks will be tweeting out and hashtagging and there'll be videos. And, you know, booksellers uh, will be participating. So both independent and chain stores. So, you know, go in and take a look at the displays. They're going to be posting on social media with hashtags. So, you know, it, it really is going to be like, you know, a party in your pajamas, which is wonderful, because who doesn't want to be able to party in their pajamas? You know, it's university all over again, um, you know, uh, without all the homework at the end of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's going to be there's going to be lots of stuff. Lots That's of great. Thank you so much for telling us about that. I can't wait to uh, pull out a book for my daughter and I to read tonight. That'll be great. So today we are talking about a top five list that you've pulled together. So what is your mm-hmm. list about? Oh, my list is, you know, to quote Julie Andrews from Sound of Music, some of my favorite things. <laughs> and that is, uh, it's my top five list for when you just want to spend the day in your pajamas, drinking tea and eating biscuits and just having like this really wonderful, lazy, cozy day. So mine is the, the top five uh, British cozy mysteries that you can, you can stream and you can watch on cable. Okay. And um, yeah, and so if you're wondering what a cozy, like yes, what defines cozy, I, certainly I mean, there's, there's, there's the genre, right, where it's like the, the violence is kind of off screen mm-hmm. or they don't really, they're not super gory about it. So, uh, you know, if you think of things like Matlock or um, Murder, She Wrote mm-hmm. from like way back in the day, but on TV, this is, and this is my personal theory. You always know when it's a cozy mystery because the murder happens and you hear like the threatening, exciting music and then it breaks into the theme song and the theme song is super happy and peppy. (laughs) And you're like, oh, okay, well, (laughs) this is fine. This is fine. I will be able to sleep tonight when I'm done watching this. So that's that's usually when I'm checking out a a new show. That's my cue. Like if the if the music is also creepy, I'm like, no, right. This is going to be dark. Okay. so these are all TV shows. These aren't cozy mystery books. No, these are all TV shows. Um, I think some of them, though, are based off of uh, books, but don't. I'm not. I'm not positive on that. I can't say that for 100% accuracy. Yeah. When you sent me your list and said you were doing cozy British mysteries, I had not 
really heard that phrase before. So mm-hmm. I did like a little poking around and I, I found this one site that was specifically about all the books. And I just, I love this sentence, this description. It says, cozy mysteries are the kind of book that you don't get embarrassed about when your child or granny finds them and starts to read out loud. <laughs> I mean, that's great, right? <laughs> that is very well said. That's very, and they, you know what? They're perfect. They're perfect for days when you just want to, you just want to exhale, mm-hmm. you know, and you just want to have something that um, kind of like bolsters you again and nurtures you. And it's not going to be, you know, I don't want to say like, it's not going to be like this top heavy academic learning. It's not going <laughs> to leave you in this lurch where you're like sitting and wondering about the state of the world mm-hmm. and any kind of existential angst. It's just it's lovely because the bad guy gets caught at the end and the scales of justice are rebalanced and um, and everybody sort of comes together again as a group. I mean, know? even when you so, were describing, yeah. you're in your jammies and you're drinking tea and it's a sun- <laughs> like literally my shoulders dropped and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like Agatha Christie is a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolyn Graham, I want to say, is also a, a really good example. Okay. Um, yeah, they're all like, they're just, they're just lovely. Right. So you right? got your just top five of those. Now, are these ranked in any way? Like you have a, a top one or no, no we can't do that. No, today. because I, they're, How I love you? them right. all. Okay. I love them all. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to play favorites. You don't want to hurt feelings, you know? Um, so yeah. So, um, so first up yep. is death in paradise. And this is a great show because, uh, first of all, it's set in like a fictional Caribbean town. So if you want like lovely views of oceans and like tropical beauty, especially in Canada where we're in the midst of winter right now, it's wonderful. It's also um, really, really great for diversity. It's got a, you know, it's got a very good cast that way. And like an interesting side note, the BBC um, was at first kind of hesitant because there's really only like one white character and they weren't sure if people were going to watch it mm. if there was only one white character. But the show is, I think, is in seventh or eighth season. Yeah, it's been on for a um, while. It is. And so for any of the Caribbean kids out there, if you miss that Caribbean lilt, uh, this is this is lovely. All right. Um, and then next up is Shakespeare and Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got a, um, a hair salon owner who sells her business and joins in with this private detective. Uh, and they have their assistant who was a RADA trained actor. So they're always throwing him into shenanigan territory so they can get solve the case. But it's lovely because if you like Shakespeare, they make all kinds of like amazing references oh. to Shakespeare. So I don't know a lot of Shakespeare, but I always come away feeling like I'm a little bit smarter right. because I, I got the quote, <laughs> right? Or, or sometimes I'll say, I'm like, oh, that's Macbeth. Uh-huh. Right, and then I feel I feel super super great about well, it. Well, that's really all um, you really want from a TV show. Know, right? Come away feeling you a, little, feel a, little a little posher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. it, right? You, when you're drinking your tea, you you remember to lift your pinky now, right? <laughs> and is that one, um, or I guess for each of these, are you watching these on some kind of streaming service? Yeah, so uh, Netflix has them, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, Britbox, Acorn TV, okay. and um, so yeah, they're the definitely, ones. yeah, they're big, and Vision TV, so if you have cable and you have the Vision channel, uh, Vision has a few of these these guys as well. Okay. Uh, and then speaking of, of TV shows that are based off of books, the Father Brown Mysteries, I and I'm going to, I know I'm going to get his name wrong because I mix up letters uh, all the time, but I want to say his name was 
Gil Chesterton. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really sorry to anyone who actually read the Father Brown mysteries because I can see the letters. I just can't make them uh, fall in line mm -hmm. so I can read his name. Um, but yeah, so you've got like, I mean, like this is great. He's a Catholic priest who's super nosy, always gets himself involved into uh, different kinds of mysteries, much to the chagrin of the police detective uh, who's always like, you're a priest, go away. Um, but you know, I mean, Father Brown, he solves the mysteries, right? So, and same kind of thing too, like lovely, lovely countryside, lovely, um, bits of scenery and, and just like, you know, and, and set kind of like in the, I want to say the forties ish. So if you love that, like glam mm. kind of fashion and, and you love seeing like women with the hats and mm -hmm. stuff like that's, that's great. Okay. Uh, and then next up is the Dr. Blake mysteries, which is from Australia. Um, and so that's set again, I think as well in the 1960s. So he's returned after 30 years, taken over his father's uh, practice and he's the coroner for the police station. And of course he cannot help but be nosy and get himself involved. And um, that series was canceled because the actor got himself into a little bit, a little bit of trouble in terms of how he was, mm, how can I say this politely for a mixed audience? Um, how he was uh, behaving towards female actors on the stage. Mm. Uh, so it's a little sad that his behavior ended up canceling the series. Mm. But if you love really strong female characters and where the women um, are, like the sporting cast is more than just there as, as sort of eye candy or love interest, where they actually are, are really... Um, you know, important in solving the cases, then you will love the character of Jean because she does not take any guff and she's clever and she's smart and she's, um, she's just wonderful. Like as a writer, I love, I love the way that they wrote her. Okay. And then um, the newest series that just came out last year is one called McDonald and Dodds. And, um, and that one's really, that one's really interesting because he's sort of this, um, he's not bumbling, but he's just this sort of, quiet uh, police detective and people don't seem to notice him he's kind of invisible and he gets partnered with this woman who is very much a go-getter and um, you know she's sort of irritated with him but he's got a very special kind of wisdom and um, persistence and he's he's got a way of moving in the world that I really love mm -hmm. uh, so I, I really enjoy watching it um, so yeah so those those are my lists and those those guys I think if you're looking for a pick-me-up, an exhale, a shoulder drop. I don't think you're going to go wrong with these guys at all. And I mean, who doesn't want all of those things right now? <laughs> right. I mean, Super Conference just wrapped for us, so I, I, I need those yes. in spades right now. It's going to take a full day to bathe in cozy British mysteries. So I'm just going to recap our list. So one, we had Death in Paradise, which mm -hmm. is very, looks like it's been on for six or seven seasons set in a tropical paradise. Uh, number yes. two is Shakespeare and Hathaway. Number three, yeah. Father Brown. Number mm -hmm. four, the Dr. Br Dr. Blake Mysteries. And mm -hmm. number five, McDonald and Dodds. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll like British them. people love to name things after people. Like their, their titles <laughs> are all the names of people. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I guess that's the other way we know that they're, they're cozies, right? Ah. Like, ah. Right? It's a, it's so, a signal. Yeah. It is a signal, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you so much for this list. I think you're, you're helping people drop their shoulders and exhale, and we appreciate that. We appreciate your expertise on this. So 
thanks for your time and um, for bringing I Read Canadian to our attention today. And hopefully everyone takes 15 minutes at least out of their day today to uh, read a Canadian title. Thank you, Michelle. It was really fun being on. Thank you so much, Natasha. That's all the time we have for this chapter. If you have any questions or comments on our show, drop us a line, the Contact Us section on our website. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell a library person about us. Thank you. See you next time.